0: All right, well, let's go ahead and take our Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number nine. And praise the Lord. uh, I love that rendition of Isaiah 53. Uh, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. Uh, So what a wonderful, what a wonderful passage of scripture. Luke chapter number nine tonight. Let's go ahead, if we could, uh, if we could go ahead and open up with a word of prayer and then we will dive right in to God's Word, Luke chapter number 9. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll we'll get started. Father, we love You. Thank You for Your goodness to us. And Lord, we thank You for the opportunity that we have to gather together tonight as Your people uh, to worship You, to sing songs of praise to You, uh, to be reminded of how You bled and suffered and died uh, to pay for our sins. Lord, tonight as we consider... um, The gospel as we consider uh, our wonderful Savior. Lord, I pray that you would be honored and glorified by everything that's said and done tonight. I pray that you fill me with your Spirit. I pray that you help me to say only what you want me to say, nothing more, nothing less. And Lord, I pray that you be with every person in here tonight who's studying along with your Word. Father, I pray that you give us exactly what we need tonight. I pray that you'd help us to to learn and to grow. And Father, I pray uh, that as a result of what we find in your Word, I pray that you'd make us more like our Savior. So Lord, I pray that you fill me with your Spirit. I pray that you give me grace to preach. And Lord, I pray that you give us a wonderful time in your house tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Luke chapter number 9 tonight, and we're going to go ahead and begin reading in verse number 28. Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 28, the Bible says, And it came to pass, about in eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening and behold there talked with him two men which were Moses and Elias or Elijah who appeared in glory and and spake of his decease which he should accomplish at Jerusalem but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep when they were awake they saw him they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Five years ago, my life changed forever. Five years ago, I had just gotten married. I graduated from Bible college and me and my wife, we were moving to Baytown, Texas, right outside of Houston. Whenever we moved to Baytown, I'll never forget, it was a Sunday night, and me and my wife, we went to a place after church called Whataburger. Uh, Whataburger is an amazing place, and if you've ever experienced it, you will know the life change of which I speak. Uh, So, is there a Whataburger here? I know that there's some Whataburgers. I've seen a couple in North Florida in the Pensacola area. So, but Whataburger, it is uh, primarily, mostly in Texas. It is a burger place and it is just, uh, it's to die for. It's really an amazing place. Now, I had heard about Whataburger and uh, me and my wife, we were going to go experience it and I remember we placed our orders and I got a, I got a double Whataburger with cheese. So, it's just a double cheeseburger. And, uh, Adriana, she got a, she got a Whataburger. Uh, she got, she, I don't know what she was doing, but she, I think she got like a junior burger, uh, a single patty or something like that. And we sat down to eat and I remember taking a bite and, and my eyes were open. It was like heaven, heaven, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And, uh, so I, I tried my, and I was just, I was impressed. I was in love. Now, Adriana, she took a bite and she goes, eh, it's a, you know, it's fine. And I said, "What are you talking about?" Uh, so we went back and forth, and I loved it. She didn't like it as much. Well, then, as I got married, uh, something happened to me that happens to a lot of guys after they got married. I started putting on a lot of weight. Uh, so I was encouraged. Uh, I was encouraged to not get double. Double burgers, not double cheeseburgers, uh, I was encouraged to get just a single patty, so I remember I got, I got the single patty. I was trying to be good, and I took a bite and I realized something there is a big difference between a single patty water burger and a double, a, a double meat water burger. Now, friend, let me tell you something: if you ever experienced a water burger listen it 's not about size it 's not about the size of the burger it is about the meat to bun ratio. Uh, there's just something about that extra beef that is in that burger that is just, uh, it, there's nothing that compares to it. Uh, later I discovered something called a sweet and spicy bacon burger. If, you ever, if, you're, ever, if you're ever in Texas or if you ever see a water burger, just pull over, get a sweet and spicy bacon burger and your life too can be changed. Uh, but I was talking to my wife and I said, hey listen, the, the single patty is just not going to cut it. Uh, you need to try a double meat what a burger you've got to try it, and she and she would tell me well I, I don't need it I can't even finish uh, I can't even finish a single patty i can't finish uh, one with one patty. Why would I get one with two and I, And I told her, uh, listen dear it, it's not about the the size of the burger. it is about the meat to bun ratio it's just there's just something special about it well. She didn't listen to me for a while, um, so she's grown in a little bit of grace since that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, she didn't listen to me for a while, and then uh, we were expecting our first daughter, Julie Ann. And uh, she, Adriana, she got, she got a little bit more hungry because she was eating for two. Uh, so I took that opportunity one more time to encourage her, hey, dear, you need to get, you need, just, get a double, just get a double meat water burger. So finally, uh, she got it. She ordered it. And I remember we sat down and uh, we sat down in that corner booth uh, of Whataburger. And, and, and I just remember she, she took that, that burger up to her mouth and, and she sunk her teeth in. And then all of a sudden her eyes literally were open. Uh, they got so big. And uh, whenever she bit into that burger, she was like, okay, now I see. Uh, so once she was blind, but now she sees. Uh, once she got that double meat. What a burger, And now whenever we go to a burger place, really any burger place, uh, we usually get double meat because there's just something about that little bit of extra beef that is just, it's just incredible. It's, it's really amazing. You know, on that day, since she tried the double meat burger on that day, my wife has never, uh, she has never gone back to a single meat uh, patty on a burger. She's never done it. Now, why not? Why wouldn't she go back to that single Patty, well, once you try something so wonderful and so amazing, you can never settle for anything less. Am I right? You know, the Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, The psalmist said, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey, To my mouth, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It says, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. And Frank, can I tell you this tonight, that there are a lot of people who would be quote-unquote Christians. There is, a, there is a cultural Christianity in our country today where people, they go to church and uh, they sit through services and uh, they say that they have a relationship with God, but really, uh, there's, there, it's more of just a ritual, it's more of just a routine. Uh, there's a lot of people that they go and they sit in church, but they don't really know the God that they sing to. And Fred, if we can be honest with ourselves, I know that there's been too many times in my life now, where I've gone to church, where I've, I, I've read my Bible and my devotional time with God, uh, but a lot of times it just becomes uh, a little too ordinary. It becomes a little too ritualistic. It becomes a little too routine. And whenever that happens, what I find is that God isn't nearly as wonderful to me as he should be. Uh, God isn't nearly as special in my life as he should be. I'm not I'm not overwhelmed by the wonder and the glory of the cross like I should be and sometimes we just get into a routine where everything just becomes becomes kind of bland in our Christian walk. Things just become a little too ordinary. In Luke chapter number nine, Jesus is about to take three of his disciples, Peter, James and John, and he's going to take them up into a mountain. Whenever he takes them up into a mountain, these disciples are going to see Jesus in a way that they had never seen Jesus before. And Whenever they see Jesus in this, in this way that they had never seen him before, when they see Jesus in his glory, their lives are completely changed and they will never be the same again. And I will show you that at the end of the message tonight. But tonight, I would like to challenge you from, uh, from the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus showed himself in glory to his disciples. Friend, can I tell you tonight that you and I, if we are going through the routines of Christianity without a personal walk with God, without knowing the Lord for ourselves, without walking with him on a daily basis, then, friend, we are missing out on something. And tonight, what I would like to show you from God's word is that if you will turn your eyes upon Jesus, if you'll see him, if you will will bear your heart out to him and say, Lord, I need a closer, more personal walk with you, your life and and my life will never be the same again. So let's go ahead and begin in Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 28. And we're going to see, first of all, the pathway to experiencing God's glory. In verse number 28, the Bible says, And it came to pass about in eight days after these sayings, He took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. Here's some things that I noticed about this passage. First of all, for them, for these disciples to experience God's glory, first of all, I noticed that it was a pathway of grace. They got to this moment where they would see Jesus in his glory, not because of anything good about them, but only because Jesus is good. And aren't you thankful that uh, you and I, we can have a relationship with God today, not because of our goodness, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, that is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And what we see here in this passage is that Jesus, he's about to go up into a mountain and it says that he calls out Peter and John and James to go with him. I just, I just imagine being here in this passage and Jesus, he's walking and uh, Jesus knows what's about to happen. And he just calls Peter and John and James. And whenever I think about those people, whenever I think about those disciples, you know, Peter and John and James, they were some interesting characters, weren't they? Uh, Peter, you know, I, I love Peter. Peter's one of my favorite characters in scripture. Uh, I love whenever he steps out and, you know, whenever he walked on the water, the miracle of walk, when Peter walked on the water... Uh, there was really the significance of it was just that Peter wanted to do something big for God uh, Jesus didn't uh, at first Jesus didn't call Peter out first Peter goes hey Lord if it's you can I come out to you and Jesus says come Jesus invites him to come walk on the water and Peter just had that kind of audacity Peter kind of ha- had that kind of faith but Peter also messed up quite a little bit didn't he uh, there was a time whenever Jesus, actually right before here, Jesus talked about uh, his upcoming crucifixion. And Peter stands in front of the Son of God and he tells him, no, Lord, I'm not going to let that happen to you. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. And uh, Peter had that, that fault. Peter had that mess up. Peter had uh, the fault whenever he denied the Lord. Uh, on the night of Jesus' crucifixion, whenever uh, they went to Peter and they said, hey, you're, you're one of Jesus' disciples. And Peter said, hey, n- no, I, I don't know the man. And he even cursed and he swore and uh, he denied that he knew Jesus. He, he messed up then. Uh, he messed up after, after Jesus' resurrection whenever Peter went and he said, Hey, I, I'm done with this. I'm going, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to fishing. And he took some disciples with him. Uh, Peter had some mistakes in his life. He had some mess-ups in his life. And while there are some great qualities about Peter, uh, we can definitely identify with him. We see uh, some mistakes that he made. And then I think about John and James, the, the sons of thunder. James and John, one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite uh, events, one of the favorite, my favorite passages passages in Scripture is when John and James they ask uh, Jesus to let them sit on his right hand on and in his left hand in his kingdom. Basically, Jesus, can we be can we be above Peter? Uh, can we be can we be above Andrew? Can we be can we be above Nathaniel? Uh, and and, he, and they ask to be the number one and the number two guy in his kingdom. But but what what I just think is really hilarious about that, is that they didn't have the courage to ask him themselves. They sent their mom to go do it. Uh, So their their mom, James and John, uh, their mom went to Jesus and said, hey, can can they sit on your right hand and on your left hand in your kingdom? And all the disciples, they got pretty upset about that. Uh, I think I probably would have too, but there's James and John, the sons of thunder. And here we see in this passage, Jesus is calling Peter and James and John to walk with him, to see Jesus in a unique way. And friend, it wasn't because they were anything special. It wasn't because they were just out of the ordinary Christians. In fact, we see sometimes in scripture that they were all too ordinary. They were all too like you and me. But friend, can I tell you something that that is encouraging to me today? Because there are so many times whenever I fail. There are so many times whenever I mess up. There are so many times whenever I fall, yet Jesus offers his grace to you and me. And he says, hey, you can still walk with me. You can still know me. I still want, a personal relationship with you. And it was a pathway of grace. But I also noticed that it was a pathway of work. It was a pathway of work. Let's go ahead and continue reading, uh, reading that verse again. It says that they went up, Peter and James and John in verse 28, and it says, and they went up into a mountain. They went up into a mountain. They did not experience Jesus in a unique way uh, with everybody else. It took, it took a little bit of work. Uh, there's been times where, where I've done some hiking and uh, that, can be, that can be pretty tiring. I remember whenever I was going to see, I was a senior in high school and I went to go see the college that I eventually attended and we stopped at the Grand Canyon along the way. And I remember we went around the Grand Canyon and uh, we walked around there and, you know, by the end of the day, I, w- I was pretty wore out. I was pretty tired. There, there, hiking is, is, is not for the faint hearted. Yeah, Jesus tells his, these three men, he says, hey, we're going to go up into a mountain. We're going to go up into a mountain. Friend, can I tell you something? That if we're going to meet with God, sometimes it's going to take uh, you and I deciding, God, I'm going to get alone with you. There's something special here. We're, we're designed to, to fellowship with believers. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Church is vitally important. But can I also say this? That if you don't know how to get alone with God yourself, then you'll never see Jesus in this special way, we've got to get, learn to get alone with him. And I also noticed that this is a relational pathway. It says that they went up to pray. They went up to pray. They went to go do that work of, of communing with God. Could I ask you, friend, how is your prayer life? How, how is your personal walk with God? When's the last time that you took some time by yourself to open up the word of God and ask God to speak to you? There in, early, uh, in the early centuries of Christianity, there was a group of people in Africa, and uh, they lived out in the jungle, and they would, uh, they would go, and they would spend time with God, and they took it seriously. Each person in the village had his own spot where he would pray, and as they spent time in prayer on a regular basis, they would wear down their path. Well, each believer, they would hold each other accountable because sometimes if someone wouldn't go out to his place to pray, the grass would grow. And they'd say, hey, brother, uh, there's grass growing on your path. Here's what they were say: Hey, you haven't been spending time with God in a while. Could I ask you, believer, are you walking, are you spending personal time with the Lord? Uh, here we see that they went up into a mountain alone with Jesus to pray. But not only do we see the pathway to experiencing God and His glory, I also notice here that there's actually a little bit of confusion surrounding God and His glory. Here, continue reading with me. It says, And it came to pass, uh, or in verse number 29, it says, And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, who were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were heavy were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. So here, Jesus, he's taking them up into a mountain, and then he says that Jesus was transfigured. He appeared in glory. His clothes were white and glistening. I just, uh, I can't, that would just be something that is really beyond our comprehension. But in this moment, Jesus' disciples were seeing him not as the carpenter of Nazareth, but as the king of glory. Uh, they're not seeing him as, as, just, as just this man from Galilee. They're not seeing him as the son of man. Now they are seeing him as the son of God. Uh, they're not just seeing him as, as a hard worker who traveled around the country. They're seeing him as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And here they are seeing uh, the, the, the person, the God who created the world. And they're seeing all of that in his glory. And when they see that, the Bible says uh, that they saw him. And, and when they saw him, they saw some other people that came with him. There were some other people with him. And we see that they were Moses and Elias or Elijah. Now I just like to say Moses here he was and Moses uh, represented the law to to the Jews. Uh, the Bible says that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Uh, and then there is Elijah, and, and, and to the Jews Elijah represented all of the prophets. Uh, he, was, he was really the great prophet of the Old Testament. So here's Moses, and here is Elijah, and they see, they see him with Jesus. And, and for sake of time, we're, it says that, we're just going to go really quickly right through this, but it says that they came in glory. So here is where uh, Peter gets a little bit confused. Uh, because the Bible says that whenever Peter saw them, he wanted to build tabernacles for, for all three. Peter says, and I love how Luke says it. Luke says, Peter said, hey, Jesus, we want to build a tabernacle for you, and we want to build a tabernacle for Moses, and we want to build a tabernacle for Elijah. And then Luke says, hey, but listen, he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know what he was saying. We know that he's talking crazy right now, but he didn't understand it. so let's all give him a little bit of slack here. Uh, so uh, that's what Luke says in, in, in the text. Uh, but here they are, and, and Moses gets... And, I'm sorry, Peter gets a little bit confused here because he sees great men of the faith. He's seen uh, some of his heroes, people that he had read about, people he had heard stories about. And the reason why he got confused is uh, for one reason, they looked a lot like Jesus. If you notice, Jesus, here he is in his glory. And then it says that that Moses and Elias, that they too appeared in glory. And what a wonderful hope that is that we have, that someday we'll be glorified with the Lord Jesus. But here they are, and they have appeared in glory. They look like the Lord Jesus, but not only do they look like Jesus, they also talk like Jesus. Up to this point, Jesus has foretold his crucifixion. Jesus has talked about how he would die on the cross to pay for sins. He said things like, hey, I will destroy this temple and in three days. I will rise it. I will build it up again. Jesus has foretold his death, but nobody really understood it. When the disciples heard it, they didn't want to receive it. Yet here in the passage, it says that Moses and Elijah are talking with Jesus about his death, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. And I love how how it puts it there—that he should accomplish at Jerusalem. They weren't talking about, you know, Jesus. This is what's going to happen to you, and it, it's really going to—it's going to be painful. They, they're saying, "Hey, Jesus, you're about to win the victory." They said the death that he would accomplish at Jerusalem. They know that, hey, some, pretty soon you're going to say it is finished, and you're going to pay for the sins of all of humanity. I just picture Moses and Elijah worshiping the Savior as they're saying, hey, Jesus, uh, pretty soon you're going to die for our sins, and that's the reason why we can have a relationship with you. You're you're about to die, and you're about to suffer for us. You're about to be wounded for our transgressions. You're about to be bruised for our iniquities, and, and Jesus, we just want to say thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate that. Jesus, we love you for that. Thank you for what you are about to accomplish for us. And uh, They are the only people in scripture up to this point who have talked like jesus talked they're the only people who have talked about jesus upcoming crucifixion the disciples didn't talk about it nobody else but here is moses and elijah talking about the death that jesus would die for the sins of the world they talk like jesus and friend can i tell you this that a lot of times in our lives we allow people in our lives spiritual leaders people spiritual people in our lives Who they look like Jesus. And by the way, we should all look like Jesus. The Bible says that we are ambassadors, we are representatives of Christ. Romans chapter 8 says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. The purpose is in, found in verse number 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. We were created, we're, we're saved. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're supposed to be becoming more like Jesus. But a lot of times in, in my life and in your lives, a lot of times we look up to spiritual people in our lives and they kind of become like a little Jesus to us. Uh, we, kinda, we place all of our hopes on them. We place all of our cares upon them. And they become a substitute for Jesus where we have stopped walking with God ourselves now, because we have a wonderful spiritual leader in our lives. Can I tell you something? Uh, you, uh, if we have teenagers in here, I got to have lunch uh, with your youth pastor. You have some wonderful youth leaders uh, in your church. But can I tell you something that if your only relationship with God flows through your youth pastor, then you're missing out on something. You've got to have a relationship with God for yourself. You have, church, you have a wonderful pastor. And, and I get to say that because I actually got to sit under his teaching uh, for several years. So uh, I, I know your pastor. and uh, You have a wonderful pastor. But can I tell you something? That he is your spiritual leader. And, and, and you do need your pastor but can I tell you something that if you don't have a personal relationship with God for yourself you are missing out because here is the fact that while Moses was a wonderful leader in Israel and Elijah was a wonderful prophet in Israel there is nobody that is like the Lord Jesus Christ what we see here is that uh, Peter wanted to elevate Moses and Elijah to the level of Jesus and, and then God speaks down and he says hey listen this is my beloved son hear him because there is nobody like Jesus Think about Moses. Whenever Moses died, do you remember how Moses died? Moses died because he couldn't get it. He, couldn't, he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land, remember? Uh, because of his sin, whenever he smote a rock, and uh, he, he, was filled with, he was filled with pride, and he got angry at the people, and then because of his sin, he couldn't go into the promised land. Uh, if you remember in Deuteronomy, he was allowed to look over the promised land. God let him see it, but he wasn't allowed to step foot in it. Uh, that's how he died. Yet here in Luke chapter 9, where do we see Jesus? Or where do we see Moses? Moses is in the promised land. Moses' feet are in the promised land. and Before he couldn't, because of his own sinfulness, he couldn't get there. Because of his own sinfulness, he wasn't allowed in the promised land. Yet because of the Lord Jesus, because of what Jesus was about to do, because of the glory of our Savior, Moses is standing in the promised land. And if you remember Elijah, Elijah struggled with, with loneliness. Elijah struggled with depression. He said, Lord, I'm the only one serving you. He didn't have uh, people with him for quite some time. Yet here we are, we see him in Luke chapter number 9, and he is in the presence of the Savior. And Frank, can I tell you something that, uh, that, that, that I'm thankful uh, for the spiritual leaders that I have in my life? But Frank, can I tell you something that there is nobody like jesus there is nobody uh, like jesus and we've got to see him for who he is high and lifted up like isaiah did Uh, i saw the lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple we've got to understand that there is nobody like jesus so then finally in closing let's notice the beauty of experiencing jesus what is the result of when they saw jesus first of all they understood who he was and they and we just talked about that the father speaks down and he says hey this is my beloved son hear him and then it says Moses and Elijah are gone Moses and Elijah are gone and it's just Jesus and by the way Jesus is all I need so we see that there is they understand now the the supremacy of Christ and friend whenever we walk with God we understand hey Everything else pales in comparison to who God is. And Whenever I come to church, whenever I live my life, the, the, the other things, like, like, like Brother Kenny was talking about this morning, the, the one thing that often gets in the way, all of that pales. None of that matters when I truly know who Jesus is. The supremacy of Christ, there was submission to the authority of Christ. The Father said, hear him, and then that's it. Whatever Jesus says, goes. And then finally, in closing tonight, they remember this, they remember their experience with Jesus for the rest of their lives. In verse number 36, it says, and when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. They saw Jesus in his glory. And, and it says that they didn't talk about it. I think, well, they were men. They needed to process it for themselves. They just needed some time to process it. And it says that they just, they kept it in their heart. And they go down and that's what their mind is on. That's what they're thinking about. James became one of the early martyrs in the church. He died for his savior. Then there's John. John was uh, boiled in oil and he was exiled on the island of Patmos. Suffered, he suffered for Jesus. And then Peter history tells us that Peter was actually crucified upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would they do that? How could they do that? Would you quickly turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 3? 1 Peter chapter number 3. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter number 1. In verse number 16, it says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, but we're eyewitnesses of his majesty. He says, hey, we we didn't make anything up. What we spoke was true. Then in verse number 17, he says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from, from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Verse number 18. says, in this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Here's what, they were, here's what Peter's saying. Peter's at the end of his life, and what he's saying is, hey, listen, I live my life. I, I, I preached. I, I'm, I'm going to suffer. Everything that I've lived for, I've lived for Jesus. And it wasn't something fake it wasn't something we made up what we did this is the reason why I did what I did this is the reason why I lived how I lived because I saw Jesus I saw Jesus for who he is I saw him in the mountain and friend when you meet with God it changes it changes you forever and it motivates us for life I remember whenever I first started in ministry Honestly, the first couple of months, we, we got into a youth ministry that was really hurting. And it was pretty painful. And honestly, I kind of wanted to quit. And I remember just getting with God and praying and crying out to God and seeing God a little bit for who he was. I knew, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm where God's called me to be. Jesus, Jesus is enough. And I remember sitting down and reading Acts chapter number one, verses like Isaiah chapter 61, Luke chapter number four, when God... Burden my heart. Put, put a burden in my heart to start a church in Houston. Listen, it didn't happen because somebody told me that I should. It happened because I met with Jesus. And friend, can I tell you in your life that you need to see him in a way that you've never seen him before. So friend, cry out to Jesus. Call out to Jesus. Find him in his word. Jesus said, they that seek me early will find me. So let's seek the Lord. Let's get out of the routine. Let's, get, let's not be ritualistic. Let's truly meet with Jesus and let our lives be changed forever by him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying on the cross to save us. Thank you that we can have a relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that our lives would never be, be the same because we've met with you. Lord, I pray that our relationship with you would grow and grow each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.